0: Hey, it's Bethany here. Can you think back to a time when you used to be super excited to get out of bed that you couldn't wait for the day ahead because it was full of possibility and you were living into your potential? Sometimes it's hard to remember what those days felt like. If you're anything like me, you've experienced moments where you're lying in bed at night and you're thinking, Is this all there is? And then immediately you feel guilty about it because you tell yourself that you should be grateful for what you have and where you're at in life, that you should just be happy. And you begin to wonder if there's something wrong with you. I'm here to tell you that you're not alone, that it's okay to want more. In fact, I promise that there's a big life inside of you. It's waiting to be unleashed. That's what we do at Big Life U. I help women who are ready for change step into creating a life that they love. And that may mean getting your health back on track, improving boundaries and relationships, understanding what it is that you really want. Stop living under all of the titles of mom, sister, wife, career woman, whatever that is for you. We break out of your box of having and shoulding and we step into your life of more. Check out Big Life U. We start again November 9th. Go to wwwblu 2020 .com. I'll see you on the inside. Hey, it's Bethany here. You're about to listen to an episode with my new friend, Sarah Schuster. Sarah is awesome. You're going to love hearing about her journey. And the cool thing about what Sarah shares is the link between feeding her soul from a young age and how that looks in her life as an adult. You see, she can go back into her life and pinpoint those times and those places where she felt really fulfilled. And she connected those dots through reflection to be able to lean in and live the life that she lives right now. She's excited to get out of bed every single day to serve people in a way that, that really feeds her soul. And um, here's what she does. So she's a community herbalist and medicinal herb farmer. Uh, she has 13 acres of land near Nashville, Tennessee. She also has a podcast that's called Tending Seeds, and it helps people on their journey in homesteading and herbalism. Now, Yeah, there's so much good. There's so much good in this episode. So buckle up. I know I say that a lot, but you're going to be so inspired by Sarah. And this is what I love the most. She is showing you it's possible. She's showing you that it's possible to listen to that inner knowing that inner calling to just stop with the busyness, get quiet and listen to your inside to really understand what your soul needs, because This life is too short and too long not to play full out. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dialed In. Today, we're talking with Sarah, and you just heard a little bit about her story in the introduction, and now she's here to talk about her journey from living a life that she thought maybe she needed to live to really stepping into the life that her soul was screaming for. So welcome to dialed in Sarah.
1: Hey, thank you, Bethany. I'm super excited to be here.
0: So, Hey, what's it like? And you're in Tennessee, right?
1: I am. I'm a little bit north of Nashville. We're on uh, 13 acres of land here. It's beautiful. I actually just looked out the front window, uh, out the window of the front door, and there was a buck in my yard grazing. So it's beautiful right now. The leaves are starting to turn, but I still have plenty of herbs coming in from the farm. So it's a really, I love this time of year.
0: Yeah. I was wondering if you were starting to see fall colors. So at the time of this recording, um, it's it's mid-October, 2020 so um you may be hearing this a little later than october but i'm in northern wisconsin so i'm like an hour and a half south of like lake superior okay so we're way up here um and our leaves have passed peak so already um it's still pretty but not as pretty as it was a week ago and so i wondered how far behind us you were and i bet it's absolutely beautiful there
1: yeah, it's gorgeous and it's it's also interesting just seeing the different microclimates around here because I'm only about 30 minutes north of Nashville but I'm also at a higher elevation and Nashville sort of in a, in a basin and so I'm kind of like a little bit further ahead than folks, you know, oh. just a, a little way south of me is actually kind of like a bigger change just because of also the elevation issue as well. So it's always interesting to see what other friends are seeing around here. And I'm sort of like a little bit ahead of them in the season. So almost closer to Wisconsin, I think. So
0: Yeah, right. So in the wintertime there, since you're at a higher elevation, do you see s- is snow different for you there than it is like... In, in Nashville?
1: I definitely get a little bit more snow than they do out down in Nashville um, and also just being more rural you know it sticks and stays around a little bit longer mm-hmm. uh, but our, our winters here generally aren't super bad. Uh, we usually have a few days of snow and that's about it. I'm mm-hmm. actually hoping for a really nice winter this year just from a farming angle to hopefully kill back some of the bugs um, before next season oh, so keep your fingers yeah. crossed for me.
0: <laughs> yeah right so well, speaking of farming, let's hop in. So can you share your story with us and how you came to be an herb farmer?
1: Okay. So it's it's a story for sure, <laughs> <laughs> like, like we all have, which is great. So I, in uh, high school and then early on a couple of years past that, so still, you know, relatively young, I was in- dating someone who I later married and his mom and stepdad had a farm and the stepdad did an organic vegetable farm. His mom was an herbalist and acupuncturist and he was in the military. So he was gone quite a lot. And so I had the opportunity to really spend a lot of time with them, work with them, helping helping them on the farm mm-hmm. while still you know going to college and doing other things in town and working other jobs. And I just fell in love with it so much. And I really started to think, about maybe this is the future that I want for myself to be this connected to the plants, this connected to the land and to have Mm -hmm. this rhythm of, of a very seasonal based life. Um, Mm -hmm. But of course there were voices in my ear, including my, my husband at the time, who was very adamant that that wasn't the life he wanted. He had (laughs) had grown up with that life and was very done with it. And, you know, also he, we moved around a lot with him being in the military, you know, so starting a farm is a very, permanent fixed thing. Right. So it really just felt like at that point that I wasn't going to have support. I also had other people in my life just telling me you can't make a living as a farmer. Mm-hmm. This just isn't something people do anymore. Um, having a you know, small farms are dying, which now we know, and we can look at the statistics is totally not the case. Right. But almost 20 years ago, it certainly mm-hmm. felt that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept going to school and I got a degree to be a middle school teacher. And I did that for six years and I enjoyed it. There were, there was lots about it that I loved. Um, I loved teaching middle school kids. I loved getting to work with that age group, but mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't super fulfilled and I liked that I had summers quote unquote off because especially having summers in particular that season, I could still kind of have a garden, mm-hmm. still do some of those things that I wanted to do. But I just knew that I wasn't feeling fulfilled and I was starting to get burnt out on it with just the bureaucracy. My problem, you know, when you tell people you teach middle school, their reaction is always, How do you handle middle school kids? That was (laughs) the the issue for me. I I love that age group so much. It was more the red tape and the administration and the Uh bureaucracy of it all as that Uh changed. And so I just realized that this wasn't working for me. It was time to do something else. And so I bounced around after that for, you know, so I taught middle school for six years um, and then I moved into restaurant management. And so everything, every career I did, there was always some angle where I was trying to get back to the plants. Uh, When I was teaching middle school, I started thinking, well, maybe I could start my own specific charter school because those have gotten very trendy with different angles to them. And I was like, ooh, what if there was a school on a farm and kids got to participate in the food system as as part of that? And then I decided, oh, well, what if I move into restaurant management and I could have a restaurant? I would love to do that. I love to cook. I worked as a personal chef for a while. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, I just kept going through through these different careers and trying to tie them back to the plants, whether that was through food or farming or herbalism or any of those things and just realizing, but I'm still just not fulfilled at all. Mm -hmm. And this isn't what I want to be doing with my life. And restaurant management in particular, for anyone that's ever oh. you know, wor- worked in a restaurant, those are long hours. Yes. You're on your feet yes. all the time. <laughs> right. I originally wanted to open a vegan fast food restaurant. And so I was getting, I was working in other fast food restaurants to immerse myself in that model. So I was working in a fast food uh, fried chicken restaurant as a, as a general manager, working you know, 70, 80 hours a week, you're mm-hmm. on your feet all the time. You're not eating healthy food. You know, my, my health is taking a huge nosedive. Mm-hmm. And I just realized, I was like, this is not, you know, this isn't even my restaurant yet. And the hours I'm working, I'm not seeing my family. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing my friends. And so it just felt like it is time for a change. Um, yeah. I'll come up for air for a second. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's interesting as I listen to you because You had this passion, right? And you knew you had it early on, but there were all the voices telling you no. And despite whatever direction you went, you always came back to it. Like, it makes me wonder how many other people have this, not necessarily your passion, but have their passion, something that feeds their soul. And, you know, they may dabble in it or use it as a hobby or wish it was their full-time gig, but tell themselves there's no way. Um, And, and they just keep on trudging through something that isn't fulfilling. Like what made you, I mean, let's just face it here, Sarah, like you have to be courageous. And um, because when you step out into doing something, especially as an entrepreneur and you're, I mean, you're, you're coming up against not only all of your like, Crap in your head, the head trash, the stuff that tells you who do you think you are, but also the people that care about you, you're kind of coming up against their head trash. And because they're worried about you, right? Then sometimes they want to keep you small. So, how did that look for you and what made you keep going?
1: Yeah, you're so right. I mean, about the head trash and just, it, and it's not even coming from a negative place. Just like you said, people care about you and mm-hmm. they want to make sure that you're going to be successful that you're going to be stable and have your needs met which is a real concern of course right um yeah so my big transition actually happened several years ago my mom got sick I live in Tennessee she lives in Florida and found out she had fallen she was rushed to the hospital she had to have emergency back surgery Mm. and she's fine now but at the time I just knew I'm getting from Tennessee to Florida to be with her Um, She lives by she lived by herself at the time. And so she needed support. And so I went there with just, you know, a couple changes of clothes, I didn't even pack a book, which is for me very unusual. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had no idea how long I would be there. And I ended up being there for several weeks. And during that time, not a lot to do hanging out with her in the hospital, then hanging out with her at home while she's on medication, you know, recovering in bed Mm -hmm. from this back surgery. And it really opened up just a lot of space for me mentally where I slowed down for the first time in so long where I wasn't working 70 hours a week and running from one thing to another and I it gave me this room in my head to really kind of start thinking about, you know, what am I doing with my life, basically, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, looking at her thinking about, you know, the changes she was going to make have to make to her lifestyle with this back injury. And thinking about like her happiness and you know a little bit thinking about you know mortality and, and what am i doing with my life right not not to get super dark but just wondering you know at that point i was in uh i was in my low 30s and just starting to wonder is this what i want to do do i want to work in a restaurant for the next 20 years like you know what is this going to look like for me what does happiness look like mm-hmm. and so i started you know, things just sort of started creeping into my head. Well, when did I really feel happy? What has really mm. brought me joy throughout my life? And I kept coming back to when I was working on, working previously on a farm, I was working another job at a law office at the time. And just thinking about how, how different I felt on the mornings where I was going to go work on the farm, where I had to get up much earlier to be out there in time to get to work. But yet I never had a problem rolling out of bed to go do that job. Whereas, you know, dragging myself to school, dragging myself to other jobs was much more of a struggle. And so I just started thinking, okay, maybe this is what I want to get back to. And so I started poking around, you know, sitting there, hanging out, keeping my mom company, sort of like doom scrolling on Instagram and stuff, and started seeing advertisements for an herbal program. And so I started researching them. And before I knew it, like before I left Florida to go back to Tennessee, I was like, I think I'm signing up for maybe not necessarily this program, but I'm going to start researching herbalism schools and figure out what I want to do. And it just sort of snowballed from there.
0: Wow. So you mentioned um, with your first husband, that's kind of when you were like immersed in this kind of farming lifestyle did you have any exposure to it or any love for it or um, were you drawn to it prior to that? Like, do you remember being in school and thinking, I, I, can you take us back to like things you remember?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I grew up always, even though we lived in a city, I always was was pulled outside. Um, my dad used to, you know, we were raised in the era of like, you kick the kids out the door and you tell them don't come back till dinner. <laughs> kind of right. deal. And so my brother and I were always building forts and houses and yes. stuff in the woods. And I loved that. And I remember, you know, I've always been a huge bookworm. But I remember, you know, reading so many books as a kid that focused on kind of survival skills, living out in the wilderness, you know, being surrounded by the woods and, and the plants and how much I loved that. I also can really credit one of my middle school teachers. Uh, his name was Mr. Thompson. And at my middle school in eighth grade, you had these dual electives one semester of each for technology and agriculture. And so we actually had a school garden that you were able to, mm-hmm. you know, work in throughout the year. And, I actually got to work with him for an entire year. I was his teacher aide the other semester that I was there. And then, um, you know, the kids leave school for the summer, but you still have this garden going. And I remember he gave my mom and I permission and some other students as well to be able to come back and like continue harvesting from those plants. And that was just a thing for me that just kind of stuck in my head because we weren't very well off growing up. And I was always sort of had this like helper mindset of like wanting to help my mom and knowing that finances were tight. And so having this place we could go to and pick food from these plants that I had planted and cared for. And to me, it just felt like free food and it just felt so amazing. Right. And that really stuck with me for a long time that like this felt like a piece of security that I could give to my mom and, and you know and our family. And so that stayed with me through the rest of my life that like, I know I can grow food for myself if nothing else, you, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I, um, that reflection piece is such a big deal. I think uh, I know lots of people, and I was this person too, where you stay so busy that you don't really slow down to think about, wait a minute, am, is what I'm doing truly like fueling my soul? Am I jumping out of bed in the morning with excitement, even if it's 5 a.m.? Right, even if I'm up with the sunrise, or am I dreading it? Like when I wake up in the morning, you know, do I feel excited uh, and am I looking forward to what the day holds? And if not, um, life is too short and too long to live that way. So really, like it, <laughs> it really is. And and I think when you're in a state of, I call it like pressurized where you're just you're you're in a a functioning stress mode which studies show that like typical people live about 70 percent of their lives under like fight or flight high stress hormones you cannot even be open to any ideas and any new opportunities and it's like you know you were almost in a situation it sounds like Sarah where you were forced to slow down and you were forced to be present because you had to be in the moment for your mom, right? You couldn't like be somewhere else or be worrying about the future because you had you had to be in the moment because you were you were helping take care of her. And I'm, although at the time I'm sure it felt like stress and maybe even um, a bad thing, it was really a gift.
1: Yeah, it really was like having that time with her you know, was really wonderful. And, you know, she's one of my best friends, and she's always been one of my biggest supporters. And so, you know, the conversations that we were having, she was going through some big life changes at that point, too. And, you know, just having someone to bounce ideas off of, and also just having that space to, you know, when she was sleeping or something where my brain was just kind of doing its thing. Um, Because like you said, most of us are in such a constant state of just survival mm-hmm. where we're just going from one thing to the next and I think a lot about our lives has been intentionally set up that way to not give us the chance to have oh, that reflective absolutely. time right um and so it's really hard for us to carve out that space and so you know I'm really grateful that my mom's fine now and and, and healthy but I'm also really grateful for that time that we had together for those conversations and for that space for myself um, to be able to do that reflection because it was so necessary. And I don't know, I don't know when else I would have had the chance or when I would have prioritized giving myself that time, Mm -hmm. which I think most of us, you know, feel guilty about trying to carve out time to do that. You know, if you say, you know, carve out 30 minutes a day to do, you know, morning pages or some sort of free writing. And most of us are going to struggle to find that.
0: Right. Well, I think, you know, as a whole, our society where's busyness, like a badge, you know, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I just, uh, I'm so busy, you know, and, um, we stay, we stay busy. I think sometimes in an effort to avoid really sitting with ourselves and thinking about where our life is going. I mean, I can speak for myself. Like I know I did that. And I know I have a lot of friends that spent time in that space too. Um, and it, it it's proof again that our experiences aren't the teacher it's like the reflection of our experiences and just listening to you Sarah obviously you've you've reflected a lot i mean you've you've i'm if i'm asking you questions and immediately you're able to be like yes it was this point and I, this teacher and this garden and this feeling and this connection with myself and this like that's amazing i i think that oh, thank you <laughs> when I mean- It probably seems like a natural thing to
1: you now right (laughs) it does now but it definitely didn't initially and I think it is just because I've spent a lot of time doing that reflection um driving for me is a a time where I often am able to just like let my brain like roll over problems and issues Mm -hmm. and you know so that's always been a really important space for me to be able to do that work um and also just, you know, I mentioned like morning pages and, and journaling and things like that, like those have really helped me figure out and kind of tease out, you know, who were the important players in my life that really, even if I didn't realize it at the time, like really nurtured me and and supported me to getting to where I am today. Um, like the teacher in eighth grade that I mentioned, who, you, you know, probably has no idea how much he impacted my life. Um, you know, he's since passed away, unfortunately. And, you know, as a teacher myself, like, I wish I could turn back the clock and have sent him a note or, or thanked him in some way. Um, but you know, you live and learn, unfortunately. So message for all of us, including myself, if you still have teachers in your life who had an impact on you, please reach out to them.
0: Absolutely. Or anyone in your life, like sometimes I don't think that, um, we realize the hope that we deal people And, um, it, we need to say that we need to say that to the people that, that are, that give us those gifts. Um, and, but you can't do any of that unless you sit down and reflect on what that even means and what that looks like in your life. So listeners, as you're hearing Sarah share her story, like she just basically outlined a course for you on how to connect with yourself, um, and, and how to figure out what feeds your soul so you know what to do with the rest of your life, no matter if you're listening and you're 26 or you're 66, it's never too late. Um, it's never too late to, to really tune into your internal guidance system. that's really feeding you these things your whole life, but we get so busy being busy and living the life that we think we're supposed to live. If you could see me, I'm doing air quotes, supposed to live, um, that we don't, we forget that we can dream. We forget that there's opportunity everywhere. And we forget that we can live a life that really um, feeds our soul and helps others at the same time. So speaking of that, Sarah, what does your life
1: today look like? So my life today, so I'll say first thing, uh, I have ADHD and, one of the things about that is that i am not content to do just one single thing um so i always (laughs) i'm someone that always has to have a ton of different projects going um as i've gotten older and better at at, you know time management and handling that to make that more of a uh, benefit to me rather than a hindrance um so one of the things i've done is to try to narrow my scope of projects to make sure they're all sort of interconnected and tied into business and the farm and and my passion for plants um but that being said i I do have a lot going on so we have the farm here where i grow fresh medicinal herbs i am doing a fresh herb csa next year for our local area where people can get um it's a monthly box of fresh herbs as well as i've always loved teaching and everything that i've ever done i've always Mm -hmm. been passing that knowledge on to people and so it's a box of fresh herbs as well as like the information on the properties of each herb, how to prepare them. So that basically by the end of that season, anyone that signed up for the, for the CSA would have like a really great kind of home medicine cabinet of herbal products. Um, I also sell fresh herbs to other local makers and herbalists, um, which this is one of the things that got me from you know, when I was telling my story of how I got here, I talked about how I, I left, you know, from caring for my mom with the idea that I was gonna start an herbal program. And then very quickly into that, one of the things my teacher, uh, Juliet Blankosfor said was that there just aren't enough local herb growers that even though a lot of the herbs we're getting are high quality, they're coming from overseas. And that was just this like huge light bulb moment for me where I remembered, well, I really like growing you know, I liked growing vegetables. Well, Mm -hmm. what if I was growing herbs as well? And so that led to us getting this 13 acres of land and having a farm. In addition to that, I also make herbal products. Uh, I work one-on-one and do herbal kind of wellness consultations with people to talk about their health goals. Uh, I make a podcast called Tending Seeds, which is about homesteading, herbalism, gardening. Um, I also do a monthly a monthly zine, which is like a self-published magazine that comes out, uh, it gets to your mailbox to you um, in person uh, by snail mail before each full moon. And the idea there is that we're sort of a community that we're all, um, there's an option where you can get like a a little bag of tea with it. And so the idea is we're all reading it and drinking a bag of tea on the full moon at the same time. Oh, I uh, love that. Yeah. And then um, what else do I do? I teach classes. I love teaching. Uh, I write a monthly article for a local Nashville magazine here. So yeah, I have a lot going on, but you can see it all kind of loops back in on itself. and It's all very connected. Right. Absolutely.
0: Listeners, I wish you could see Sarah's face. So we're, we're connected right now by Zoom. And as soon as she started launching into what she does her face just lit up like you can you can just see i mean it's like a glow it's incredible um i i would not know the first thing like i would be lost i think i have a black thumb um, <laughs> and i i barely can keep houseplants alive so i marvel at anybody that is able to like dig in the dirt and grow things and things flourish under their care. I can barely keep my kids alive. I mean, let's be real. So
1: Uh, (laughs) but you know, here's the thing is like that everyone listening to this, like there's something in your life that would make your face light up the same way.
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can people connect with you? I want I want to get your magazine. I want to drink tea okay, yeah. on a full moon. I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll just send you a copy. Um, <laughs> so I do have, like I said, I've got the podcast tending seeds. Um, uh, my business is called Fox and Elder, Elder like Elderberry. Aww. And yeah, and so you can find me on Instagram uh, under Fox and Elder or on Facebook, but mostly I'm on Instagram these days um fox if you want to see what the farm is up to check out the things we've got available or book a consult with me and you can find links to um our patreon which is what we do the full moon fill up the zine through which is just i try to keep it full of just really positive things so we do an herbal profile each month um a tarot spread for the full moon there are journal prompts to help you with that reflective piece that we were talking about nice um, lots of recipes and then yeah, just, just going from there. Just, I try to, my, my goals to get as many people kind of walking the plant path as, as possible in whatever way works for them. So I know some people want to go all in. They want to be growing their own herbs. They, you know, they want to be learning everything they can. And other people maybe are interested, but don't have time for that, but they still want to incorporate that into their life. So that maybe they just want to do a consult where I make them a custom, you know, bag of tea or something for their goals. So My whole, my whole thing is I want to meet you where you are, because I know, like you said, this is my path and it's great, but I know it's not everyone else's, Um, but maybe I can give you some herbal support to help you while you're figuring out your path as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, Well, I always like to wrap up with some teaching points and really these are more of, there's some questions here that you can ask yourself as you're leaning in to Um, what your path is on your life and just a couple other small tidbits that from what Sarah shared. So um, if you have a pen and paper handy, or you're taking notes in your phone, this is perfect time for that. And if not, it's okay. You can uh, always replay this episode and catch these takeaways then. And I'd also love to hear what your takeaways are, Um, You can always connect with me at um, Bethany at bethanyclem.com, or you can send me a voice recording on the podcast itself. So um, number one, what do you jump out of bed with excitement to do? I love Sarah, you mentioned that, that, you know, there were jobs that you were going to and things you were doing where you could hardly drag yourself out of bed, but yet when you were on the farm um, and looking forward to that, it didn't matter what time it was. That's a huge, huge indicator, right? Um, (laughs) number two, what did you love to do as a kid? You know, as a coach, when I have worked with people and they're trying to figure out what they're passionate about, I have them go back and do two things with their life. I have them go back and do a timeline of their earliest, most amazing memory and all the other amazing memories where they felt worthy and fulfilled and had positive emotions through their life. And then I also have them go back and do a timeline of basically just the opposite, where maybe they felt small or they felt like they didn't matter because typically there's an intersecting point of where your passion is somewhere in there. Um, and so I, I love that. Think about what, what you loved to do or how, how you felt when you were doing things that made you really happy as a kid. And then asking yourself, Uh, wherever you're at is is this what I want to spend my life doing you know what you trade your time for is is really what your life becomes and so um, if you're not doing what you want to do then there's opportunity everywhere you just have to choose to kind of take some breaths here and be open to it and then um, number four is three different things actually it's pause reflect and journal and um, I I'm so intrigued by all of this. And I, as, as you're talking, I have friends Well, I call them crunchy, I have friends that are crunchy. And (laughs) I, as soon as we get done with this recording, I'm going to share your website with them because I think they would love to be connected with you and what you're doing. Um, I hate that like Wisconsin is so far away from Tennessee. I can't get your like your box, but um, but I'd love to connect in other ways. So um, (laughs) thank you so much for being here today, Sarah. Is there anything as we wrap up that is on your heart or that you want to close with? Um,
1: Yes, actually just thinking about what I was talking about with the other jobs that I worked. um, I do just want to clarify that I don't feel that that was wasted time either. Mm. Um, I learned some really important skills um, from leading a team as a restaurant manager Mm -hmm. to all the organizational stuff that I, that you have to be good at in order to, you know, run your own business and be an entrepreneur and self-employed. There's so much that I still took away from that time. And so I just want to encourage you um, that if you're working a job that isn't your end goal right now um, to really, you know, don't don't beat yourself up. Don't feel that you've quote wasted your time and to really look for what are you getting out of it? That is going to transfer towards getting to your dreams. So yeah, don't, don't let it weigh you down. Um, not nothing is ever wasted time.
0: Absolutely. Harvest the good from it. Right. Absolutely. That's a great point. I love that you said that. All right, listeners, thank you for listening, Sarah. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Bethany. It was so great to speak with you. I love your podcast. You're so positive. And I just appreciate the work you're putting out there into the world. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. All right, listeners, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next time, take action, live big, and stay dialed in.